Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Pip Coleman grew up in a small town in Tasmania and she desperately wanted to see the rest of the world. She started travelling overseas at 23 years old and couldn't stop. It opened her eyes. She'd never seen such poverty and wealth in their extremes and her experiences helped her learn to be humble. She loved the freedom and the possibilities that travel offered and working on cruise ships for six years was one of her highlights. From these experiences, she discovered how to get more out of life. Hi Pip, welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Thanks, Leanne. Nice to be here. I'm really excited to talk about our theme today of self-acceptance, but do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about you? You know, how, what's your story and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. I started out travelling the world, uh, doing lots of uh, travelling, and that was costing me a lot of money. So I decided that I wanted to get a job working and being paid to work and travel. So a friend of mine suggested that I work on cruise ships, that I apply for working on cruise ships because I had tried to work with the airlines, but I was too short. So (laughs) vertically challenged. So I decided that I would um, apply for the jobs on cruise ships and there was lots of options to choose from. And I ended up getting a job as a social host uh, in the entertainment department with a big cruise line in the United States and did about six years of working on board, which I wasn't expecting. I thought I would do six months and be done with it. But it was so much fun and amazing experience. And turns out I actually had more of a spiritual journey than what I had intended. So that's where Finding My Soul at Sea came from. I decided to write down what my spiritual journey was on board a cruise ship, a very non-spiritual place. That's amazing. I love hearing people's stories and, you know, the cruise ship life is just so interesting to me. Mm. And like you said, you wrote your book from Finding My Soul at Sea. Do you want to tell us a bit more about the book and what's actually in the book? Yeah, sure. So the the premise of it was to share something that was different to what other crew members' books have been. There's a lot of people who've written memoirs about the drama and the behind the scenes and the craziness and the, you know, the the terrible things that have happened or, you know, the salacious things that happen behind the scenes, which is I think most people know that that happens, even if they haven't seen it themselves, they know that that happens. Um, That's just the environment. But they haven't read a book and I couldn't find a book that said, the, the, about the a spiritual journey, a, an awakening type of personal development journey. So I had that and I figured that if I could somehow write it in a way that would be true and authentic to me, then I could actually share that experience with other people and help them to be more authentic in whatever environment they're in. Because if I can do it in a crazy cruise ship environment, then you can do it where you are in your life. Yes, exactly. I love that. So spiritual journey, you were talking about that. And that's, I suppose, will lead into what we're talking about self-acceptance as well. But I want to just talk a little bit more about the spiritual journey. Where were you and how did you know you were having a spiritual awakening? That's 
the interesting thing. I spent about three years of the six years doing all the crazy stuff and enjoying myself and, you know, getting a tattoo and, you know, having all this sort of emotional, physical, everything was sort of waking up, if that makes sense. It wasn't just, you know, a travel journey. I, I didn't expect that. I thought that it would just be a bit of fun, a bit of travel. And it was so much more than that, you know, the experiences of, of getting to know people on board and having becoming lifelong friends with them. And, but the spiritual part was interesting because it was almost like all those bits woven together make it spiritual. And the, the deepening of the understanding of myself made it spiritual. And also I got to a point where I was a bit sick of the triviality of the job as well. I'm, I was basically Julie on the cruise ship, like the love boat. So I was doing all of the, the activities and hosting cocktail parties and it was becoming a little bit too surface level for me in terms of the actual job. So I started to bring in some things that I enjoy doing like meditation and uh, personal development and a bit of, um, I was, I did psychology at university. So my passion was understanding people and talking to people. And so I brought that element of me into that environment by adding some extra activities that um, were a bit more soulful, a little bit more self-reflective, a bit more things that people could do on holiday that they weren't able to do prior to that. They were, well, they probably might've done it themselves, but they certainly weren't doing it as part of the program on board. Because it is something that I talk a lot with my clients or with people in general is about this awakening and they go, oh, spiritual awakening, do you mean like believing in God, the universe or whatever it is? But it's more, I think it's more an awakening of yourself, isn't it? Learning who you are, what your purpose is, what are you meant to be doing, a deeper part of life or a deeper understanding of life rather than those other things. Is that what you you found on the cruise ship? Definitely. It's actually almost like what makes you so happy that you would keep doing it over and over again. You know, um, yes, there was a spiritual, there was a, uh, a connection to the universe that definitely happened because as soon as you start doing meditation or anything that is more inward focused, you will, you'll get that, you'll get that connection to the universe that, that happens as part of that process. It may not happen immediately, but it's certainly something that we get glimpses of. And then what you realize is that it's not just glimpses in a meditation, it's glimpses in a beautiful moment on a beach. It's glimpses in a conversation with someone where you so into it and you're there for two hours and you realize my God, I'm so into this person. That's a spiritual connection. You know, that's a moment of acceptance of yourself. It's a moment of acceptance of the moment. And, and the moment is you, the moment is, is where you are, you know? Um, so that's what I find that I found that shift happening more and more, uh, because it's not that I wasn't spiritual at the beginning because I was, and I was certainly following my guidance. I was, you know, why did I get the job on the ship in the first place? You know, why did I want to do that in the first place? Because I love to travel. And so I was following the breadcrumbs. I call them like, you know, the the joy breadcrumbs where you you keep following them until you find the next thing that's exciting and fun and you want to focus on and then you just keep on going. So that's the thing that I think sometimes people get a little bit caught up in is that it needs to be an ah kind of a moment. (laughs) And that's not 
necessarily. In fact, it's probably a, a very small part of the spiritual growth that we have as humans, I, I believe anyway. I love how mm. you explained it to you about the, with the breadcrumbs because I do hear a lot of people think it's a transformation, a media transformation, you know, those aha moments. And I'm thinking, what aha moments? I don't think I've ever had one. It's been lots of little steps and following maybe the intuition that you get or, you know, just listening to yourself and following it is what I've found myself. Mm -hmm. Yep. So if we lead into self-acceptance being our theme today, I want to try and marry the two of, you know, spiritual awareness and self-acceptance because it just sounds so great how you're explaining it to me. Mm. Is it something where you need that spiritual awakening first to be self-accepting or do you think it's just something that happens along the way? What, what, can you explain that a little bit more to us? Sure. I, I guess the, for me, it was that the self-acceptance, it's so interesting because I, I think it's um, a process of self-acceptance that leads to spirituality and I think it's a opening up to spirituality which leads to self-acceptance uh, which I I'm kind of taking a little bit of a leaf out of Nancy Levin's book the who's a wonderful coach and she always talks about instead of saying either or we talk about also and that in actual fact there is a spiritual awakening and their self-acceptance together and that it's not something that we that we do in uh, separation, you know, it's actually bringing everything together that, that brings you to that spiritual awakening and that awareness and that acceptance, you know, and even the process of writing the book was another level of self-acceptance. You know, I'm writing about self-acceptance or I'm writing about authenticity in the book and how I came to a place of, of growing into myself a little bit more but just writing the book itself was a process of self-acceptance because I was telling people about my deepest most personal it's a memoir it's me out there for people to read so that process in itself was a massive uh self-accepting process <laughs> and quite challenging at times to yeah not over edit yourself Exactly. And I really acknowledge that you've done this because not a lot of people will go through this process to bear their soul, you know, through a book. I mean, I know writing my story in my book as well, it was like very cathartic in a way because it took me on a little bit of a journey thinking, okay, I'm actually bearing my soul. It's not everything. It's not all the down and dirty stuff. It's just who I am letting people know that, isn't it? Mm. So if I was just, if someone said, well, what does self-acceptance mean? What does it mean to be accepting of myself? What would you tell them? The, the big thing for me, I guess, when I'm explaining it is that whole concept of when you are not, when you're being really unkind to yourself, when you're having those thoughts in your head of, you know, oh, you've done that again, that's terrible, or look at how tired you are, or look at how you're pushing yourself so hard. And, and sometimes we use those as badges of honour. You know, we go, oh, I've worked so hard today. But in actual fact, that's our, our ego's way of pushing us and keeping us moving forward when in actual fact we might need to actually just go and have a nap. <laughs> and uh, that would actually be more self-accepting, you know, 
and there's that element of accepting where you are in the moment because a lot of the time we spend a lot of time saying I should be here or I should be there or I shouldn't have done in the past so we spend a lot of time in the future and the past uh, so I believe self-acceptance is about staying as present as you possibly can staying in this moment and going how am I now and accepting and being with that as best you can, being as soothing to yourself in that moment as you possibly can. Mm. Because it is a big issue, isn't it, that we do spend a lot of time in the future and the past. That's yep. where we get the anxiety, the worry, the fear comes up. And like when you were saying before, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, there's a lot of shame and guilt around things that we, we think we can't be ourselves because society says, Hey, you got to do this. You got to be superwoman, um, you know, super mom, super partner, whatever it is. Yep. So it's really hard to be self-accepting when there's so many should be's out there that we you know, we're supposed to act a certain way instead of thinking, well, who am I truly? You know, what mm. do I want to do? What can I do at this very moment in time? Mm, so true. And women, I find, yeah, there are men who absolutely have these these issues um, for sure. And I feel that I work with probably 98% women in my coaching business and they are highly driven by that service to others. And that's something that we have been conditioned to do since we were little. You know, girls help other people and boys go and do their own thing. You know, it's almost it's weird we almost do it we do it so unconsciously we don't even realize and we do it with our own children and um we we look at boys doing things and we go ah look at them doing boy things and then we say why is that girl not helping that other person and it's like why is the girl not allowed to go and do her own thing why you know what i mean it's a it, we don't even realize we're doing it and and we are open and aware women <laughs> you know in the world so I find that interesting that it's so deeply conditioned and ingrained in our society as well. Oh, it definitely is. I think those things that happen to us in childhood as well, you know, they come back to you. You don't even realise they're there sometimes. Yeah. You'll have yeah. these thoughts. Like it took me a long time to realise I'm an adventurous woman. I love mm. to do that. I go out, I love to run, I love to do my bucket list stuff. And that's okay. But, you know, things like my mother going, oh, you better watch out what you do with your knees because you're getting old now. I'm 50. <laughs> Apparently that's old. But I've, I've learned to go, okay, and separate myself and think, but no, I'm accepting because I do love to do these things. I don't need to be a certain way. And mm. But I think that is a journey. And the women I've talked to are often, I suppose, getting in their late 40s, 50s, because we are starting to look more at ourselves then. It's a shame the younger ones can't do it at that earlier mm. stage, isn't it? Yeah, I think that I remember meeting a coach early on when I was about 23 and I remember her saying to me that she wished that she was asking the questions that I was asking at 23 and she was in her 40s at the time and she said to me, uh, you know, I wish I was asking those questions at 23 like you are asking now because I would be so much further along than I am. And I, I heard that and I took my ego and went, oh, that's so cool, you know, I'm whatever. But, but there is... I could have started asking the questions at 17, like my little sister was asking questions at 17. And so I said the same thing to her. Wow, I wish I was asking those questions at 17, you know, and I remember having that conversation with her um, at that time. So I think, but that's another example of us going, 
I wish I was like that person over there instead of accepting where we are. My coach wasn't accepting where she was at 45 and I wasn't accepting where I was at 23 and my sister's probably comparing herself to somebody else at, the, at that time too. So we were still doing that, our work. You know, we're always still doing our work. I think that's the key is to accept that you're never finished. We're never done. To embrace that is a big part of self-acceptance as well, that you are always a work in progress. You are a marble sculpture that's always being, um, being developed into that, that angel of yourself that you are. So, mm -hmm. mm. I love that because it, it has been a big change to my life and I know to others when we start going, well, okay, that happened in my life. Yes, it would have been nice if I'd done that, but that's just the choice I made at that time. Mm. To me, that's more being in the present moment, owning who you are, who you were, what you did back then, and just, you know, consciously going, well, okay, how can I be better now? Or how can I improve now? Or how can I grow now? Because I really feel that growth never stops and it shouldn't stop for us as human beings because, I don't know, I use it a lot in my, my talks, is that Ray Kroc saying, I don't know if you've heard it, if you're not green and growing, you're ripe and rotting. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, being aware of that and thinking, okay, well, okay, what can I work on now? And always improving yourself is, to me, more self-accepting yeah. that you're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect because who wants to be perfect? How boring would that be? Yes. <laughs> but I, I suppose the question I want to ask is with the women that you've worked with or, you know, the men as well, um, when they've said, okay, they're moving on that line and realising what self-acceptance is, how does their life change? What are they seeing differently? It's there's a lot of different things that come up for people, you know, when you start to focus on what you want instead of what other people want. Um, and there can be resistance there from the people in your life. And a lot of my clients, when they first start to, to do this process of asking the question, what do I want? What, what do I need? Uh, we'll get a bit of pushback from the people in their lives. Uh, they've, they're partners, their children, their their family, and that can be a, a roadblock for a lot of people. So I find that that's when you need to be even more self-accepting is when people are questioning you because that's just a reflection of your um, inner self, you know, coming back to you to, to ask you. I remember when I first started doing this journey of um, working with and doing Reiki uh, and going down that path of... Uh, being an angel intuitive and starting to do readings and coaching and things like that. My mum, you know, who put my mum and dad who put me through university and, you know, saw me as this sort of high flying psychologist who was going to be earning bazillion dollars. Uh, you know, they had a, an idea in their head of what they wanted me to do and how they wanted me to be. Uh, were a bit concerned about me talking about angels and fairies <laughs> and, you know, uh, doing these sort of card readings and things. And for a little while there was some pushback and I kept saying to them, it makes me happy. This is what makes me happy. Do you want me to be happy? And they would always say, yes, absolutely. We want you to be happy. And I'd say, well, then this is what makes me happy. And I think they let me do it. They indulged me for a little while and then they realised it actually was making me happy. And they saw how much I actually really was doing well in the world. And people were coming to them and saying, your daughter's done this amazing thing and she made me feel this. My, your daughter's taught me how to meditate and I feel amazing. And they started to get feedback 
from the world that what I was doing was actually making a difference as much, if not more of a difference than being that psychologist in that clinical setting that they had in their head that they thought I should do. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And it's happiness, isn't it? Mm. People yeah. think, okay, well, you should be an accountant. You should be a hairdresser. You should be whatever they think is, you know, the right thing for you is not necessarily what's going to make you happy. I know, you know, my parents always thought, you know, you should be doing all those accountant type things. I said, are you kidding me? I don't even like numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be out in the environment doing um, studies in the, in the mangroves. That's where I wanted to be. Oh, as a girl, you know, at 17 or 18 when I grew up, you don't do that, you know. Mm. And it took me a long time to realise doing all these things that I was doing wasn't making me happy and it affected so much more. It was my partner. It was my family. It, it was just, you know, even your life in general, you think, oh, my God, you know, is, isn't there more to this? Yeah. And that's where I'm finding the women from 40 plus are starting to say, there's got to be more to life than this. And then if you just say, well, what makes you happy? What makes your heart sing? And yep. if you do that, to me, that's self-acceptance, thinking that's who you are, that's what makes you happy, no matter what everyone else thinks. Exactly. And that could be the thing that you love could be singing and that's the thing you love. So, but you don't have to be an internationally acclaimed singing star to, to be a singer. You can go and join a local, you know, choral group, you know, a local choir and sing, or you can sing in the shower and, you know, or sing on a podcast or something, you know, you don't have to, there's so many different ways that you can express and be your true self and be accepting of yourself. And it doesn't have to be, I was listening to someone talking about success the other day on a different podcast and they were saying, what does success mean to you? You know, what is successful? Does it have to be money related? And it doesn't, it really doesn't have to be that, but we have been given that again. That's another paradigm that we've been given from society that we need to be, to be successful, to be happy, to be accepting of ourselves. We need to be rich and famous and you know all those things and yet there are a lot of rich and famous people who are not accepting of themselves uh and not very happy mm, that is so true yeah well i've loved talking about this with you pip it's been wonderful and i think our listeners would love to know more about your book and where they can find you what's the best place for them to go sure so the website is pipcoleman.com nice and easy and uh facebook is uh, also pip coleman and uh you can go to the conscious courses and therapies which is my business web uh, page and that's got all sorts of interesting things lots of freebies meditations and uh i'm down here on phillip island so it's uh a lot lots of things can be accessible online and nowadays everything's accessible online. So even if you're a long way away, you can still um, get in touch, which is fantastic. I love that about the internet. And um, that's the way that I keep in touch with all my shipmates <laughs> from the past as well. So it's fantastic. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Pip. Thanks, Leanne. Igniters, Pip has so much wisdom to share with others. Her journey to self-acceptance is inspiring. If you want to find out more about Pip, go to www.pipcoleman.com. For living an adventurous life, go to my website, www.leanneblaney.com.